Hi everyone and welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Edward tonight on the pod. How are you doing mate? All good? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It's one of them re- reflecting after a horrendous loss last night, but yeah, can't complain. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, as I say, it's been a difficult week for Evertonians. Difficult run of fixtures as we've already mentioned before. We've said many times that we can accept losing, but it's the manner of the defeats, I suppose, that sometimes mm. really gets under people's skin. And I think there was another case of that last night at St. James's Park. Obviously, we've not done a podcast since the Tottenham game as well, so that was a real tough result as well. Um, but yeah, let's just let's just start with the with the game at St. James's Park last night, mate. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate Newcastle are a better side than us at this moment in time. Um, I don't think they're an amazing side by any means, but I think on paper they probably do edge us in certain areas of the pitch. But what is going on? This team just can't can't score. We just can't create anything. There's just not an ounce of any creativity in the side, is there? I know we've jumped in at the deep end here at first, but it's it was it's so frustrating to watch at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you you've got to point out the first bit was Newcastle. I mean they're a good team, so. There's that straight away. I, I was going into the game just looking at it going, it, it doesn't look good for us here in terms of this type of game. I mean, they're a good team now. Like, it's been established pretty well how Eddie Howe is doing with them. And people seem to forget Newcastle actually got a point off City, which not a lot of teams have been able to do this season. And with that, they're in a transition. Yeah, OK, a bit like us. But they, I mean, I've got it written down here. They're just further along than us. In, in terms of how they're changing, uh, gone from this diabolical era under um, Mike Ashley to now looking like a team that could challenge even the top six. And that's just with like half a season in terms of with good management, good acquisition of players. And you, you can't fault them, but the worst thing I found was that they weren't even at full strength. They didn't have Alexander Isaac, who looks a talent, um, and he's not going to be back until after the World Cup. And then not even Alan St. Maximum, who every time he plays against us, seems to look like the next coming of Maradona or Neymar yeah. or whoever. And it, it's it's just one of them. But, I mean, from the offset, I noticed straight away, we just sat way too deep. Yeah, we, Like, we were so deep against that Newcastle team when there was something there to get at. Because, all right, they weren't, they're not a bad side, but they definitely, like I say, weren't at full strength. So we, we could have gone for it. But we just, for some reason, sat way too deep. There was no pressure. It was just, it was too slow. And when, you, when you're asking a striker who's barely played any games this season to try and score some goals, you need to give, give him the ball or at least give him a chance to get to the ball instead of just doing this long ball over to the six foot seven fella. That is the problem, isn't it, mate? I mean, you know, we all knew that these... Three games were going to be really, really tough. Obviously, we had the Manchester United game at the start of this little trio of tough fixtures. We lost that game after starting really well. 
after scoring again, we just sat back and curled up, didn't pose any further threat when we could have done. Spurs, we had two golden opportunities in the first half, which we couldn't convert. Second half, the game sort of got away from us. But again, you look at Tottenham's players, that can be expected. And then going to Newcastle, they are a good side, as you mentioned there. They are further along than us. You'd be very naive to think otherwise. So really good players. Their fans are very much buying into what they're doing as a club at the moment, as was there to see last night. But there just seems to be absolutely zero attacking impetus at the moment from Everton, which is really concerning. We can go on and on about the defence, which is good. And you know, I'm not going to try and be too negative because we are a better I firmly do believe that we are a better side than last year. We are. We've got the better personnel. But this whole defensive setup, as, as, as good as it is and how improved it is, we can only get so far with that. There's just, there's just zero creativity at the moment. What's that down to you for you? Do you think there's too many similar players in the midfield? Do you just think the attacking lineup just is is mediocre at best? It's not up to scratch. Albeit we can give Calvert Lewin the benefit of the doubt. He's been he's been out of action for a while. I appreciate that was his first start in a long time. But you look at some of them performances. You know, I look at I look at Damari Gray, who again there's talent, but he never seems to put it all together. Anthony Gordon, who we'll come on to shortly. Who's really I've really run out of patience with now, and Neil Mopai. He just seems to games just seem to pass him by too much. So mm. what? What? So what? What is it for you? Why can't? Why aren't we creating anything at the moment? Why is nothing happening? Because it just seems to me that we just the game plan at the moment is we just pick the ball up, we 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 pass it along the back, we get across the halfway line, and we start getting a nosebleed because we don't have a clue what to do with the ball. There just seems to be mm. no link up play between the midfield and the attack whatsoever. What's your take on on it? I mean, I, I I think the problem, like you say, with this defensive style of football, I mean, fair enough, we're not conceding a lot of goals, but we need to, it, it needs to be sort of a transition. And it seems to be a lot of, when we're losing the ball, we tend to start getting a lot more shaky. Because I would say definitely it's been a recurring theme in the past three games, maybe a bit longer in terms of the season, but... Every time we seem to concede is when the ball has been in transition and we've lost the ball and they just counter-attack us straight away. Um, I mean, you look at Man United, it's two sloppy mistakes and we conceded. I mean, fair enough. You know, Man United obviously are a very, very good team, but you give them those type of chances, you lay off the pressure, which is what we seem to do after the first goal. And they just like snapped like that and we lost the ball and then just failed from there. Spurs, again, we we defensively looked pretty sound in the first half. And then, like you say, we had two golden opportunities, didn't take him, sat back off in the second half. And pretty much, I think it was even for the first goal, we lost the ball and yeah, we got did. the penalty. And it was, you know, another... It, it's, it's the same theme every time. And Newcastle was no different last night. Anana gets pressured too much and doesn't give the ball properly in a decent space, gets it taken off him. Newcastle just play a couple of one-twos around us. And Almiron, to be fair to him, has looked amazing this season. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a great finish. So, you know, I, I, I've got nothing against it. But it's it's a common theme that we seem to give the ball in, away in possession and we can't react quick enough. And yeah. every goal we've conceded, we just don't react and... It's starting to become a bit of a concerning pattern, isn't it? You know, you think back to even as far back as Southampton, the ball was given away in that game. You know, the United game, two 
very avoidable goals, absolutely. Tottenham, we give the ball away. And then you look at the Newcastle game, Onana's caught in possession as well. And it, I don't want us to start getting back into this trend of us just being our own worst enemy. Because this, you know, you can maybe, you can maybe sort of forgive it if it's once or twice, you know, everyone's got mistakes now and again, but it's just starting to creep in too much on my liking now. And another thing as well is I don't want us to start getting back into this habit of when we go a goal down, we we have no self-confidence that we're going to get back into the game because that was that was a feature of too much last season. And we all know where that got us. And we can't afford again to us to get back into that habit because but I feel like last season when we went a goal down, the confidence was just shot. We never backed ourselves to come back into the game. I think everyone knows that, but I think that was down to different reasons of the whole club. The atmosphere was just toxic at the time. We still had really, we still had attacking threats through likes of Richarlison. However, this season, I just think there's not a belief that we can score goals, is there? I mean, you look at that front line. Let's talk about the front line for a bit. It, it's not filling it with confidence, is it? What, what do you think about it? You know, you look at the Marty Gray and he's just not, there's just no end product, is there? There's no cutting edge at all. No, I think there was a lot of things I noticed with Gray last night. Um, and maybe Gordon, but I think with Gray, like he had the ability in terms of being able to take on the players and he had the pace and he was putting the ball into some good areas, but there was just something off whenever he was walking back. Like we'd get the ball back in defence. And they're looking, if they're going to do the long ball all night, fair enough. But if they're looking for an outfield ball, Gordon's on this side. He's got Dan Byrne, like I say, six foot seven. There's no point in trying to get the ball up to him. So if they're going to be looking to Gray, Gray's just walking back every time. And it's it's just something in that where it's like, is he is he thinking he's doing enough? He doesn't have to do the defensive work side. Fair enough, there was a couple of times last night where he did track back very well. But... It, yeah, it was just something there. I was noticing he'd be just casually walking back. When we get the ball back and you're expecting him to be like, oh, crap, get back and then run and then grab the ball and then we're in again. Um, so maybe there's something there. I mean, the other options we've got, you've got uh, Dwight McNeil, who I personally think deserves a decent long run in the side because he was like amazing against Southampton. And I think it was the game after that. He was then dropped. And it's like, well, why? Just because we brought Gordon um, back in, who obviously, like I said, we'll talk about him in a sec. Um, uh, it's, it just didn't make any sense to me. And then he's now sort of dwindled in confidence again because obviously he's scored a goal. He's thinking, right, OK, maybe this will, this will start really kick-start for me. And Calvert-Lewin's coming back into the side. And you think those two are basically a match made in heaven. Dwight O'Neill can put a ball and Calvert-Lewin can finish it. But... Mm. It seems to be that we're thinking that Dwight McNeil is one of these that he cuts in on his foot and then has a shot because Calvert-Lewin came off last night and Dwight McNeil came on and they stuck him on the right. So, it, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me in that respect. And I think you have to put that on Lampard. But I also think he doesn't know his sort of best wingers and players at the moment for the style he wants to play. So maybe he's trying to figure that out at the same time, but... Because the defence, I think, is sorted. The midfield is, I think, we're at its best ability at the moment. Maybe one or two could come in. Um, but we've definitely got a better depth there. But this wing, these wingers, we've got three. Maybe you count Awobi in there as well to make it four. But he always seems to be playing better in the middle. 
And it, it, it just doesn't inspire confidence in terms of for your attacking wingers. I, I, I put it in my notes as well for Gordon, like we say, we'll talk about in a sec, but in an alternate universe, we've sold Gordon and brought in Cody Gakpo and still got some money left over, um, which is gutting because I've got him in my FIFA team and he's absolutely amazing. This is it, mate, isn't it? You know, you mentioned there how there's areas of this side which are just cracks are starting to show a bit now. I think the set to the center halves, there's no there's no arguments there. Jordan Pickford, there's no arguments there for me either. Um obviously Nathan, Nathan Patterson, when he plays, he's fantastic. You look then, you start looking at Vitaly Michalenko. I thought stunk the place out last night again for me. I, I think, in my opinion, I think Ruben Vanagre needs a run in the side now. Yeah. Michalenko's just been a little bit too shaky for me. Moving on to the midfield, I feel like the honeymoon period started to maybe <laughs> come to an end a little bit with that midfield three. Um, they're just not yeah. sure enough. They're just, there's no creativity in there. And, you know, I don't for one minute doubt that individually they're not fantastic players. We know Idris Agana Gay is a is a top-class player on his day. Amadou Onana is still very young, still got a lot to learn. I feel like he's still getting to grips with a lot of elements of the Premier League, as we saw last night with him going down well too easily for that first goal. And Alex Iwobi, he didn't have a great game last night, but of course we know that he's come into some fantastic form. But, you know, you still need to have that, that player who can, you know, just break teams down for the midfield, just, you know, cut cut through, cut through the lines with the passing and just, you know, just create more chances for ourselves, you know. And we haven't really had a player like that since sort of like, you know, you think back to players like Gilfie Sigerson, James Rodriguez, those sort of players who could, you know, break down the lines a little bit and just, you know, link play a little bit between the, cent- the centre-forwards. But that, that just seems to be completely missing. And then, you know, you mentioned the wingers there, which is becoming quite apparent. That's an area that needs addressing quite urgently as well, I think. Um, you mentioned Dwight McNeil there. Would you have liked to see him so keep his place in the team in place of Anthony Gordon? I think it was a bit harsh on him then, yeah, considering you know we'd uh, come back into the side for the Spurs game. Yeah, I, I, I do think I think McNeil deserved uh, the opportunity, especially against Man United. I think he would have been perfect for him. And I think last night could have been another good game for him. Because uh, I do think one of the things that doesn't get like appreciated, I think, enough with McNeil is that he is defensive defensively, he does he does work very yeah. well in terms of tracking back or putting even just putting pressure on. And and very similar in terms of when Richarlison was here, he'd put in the work in terms of off the ball. Maybe on the ball, he could be a bit better in terms of making some more successful passes. His dribbling is that actual dribbling ability isn't too bad either. Um, but again, this is a guy that's young. He's only 21, 22 as well. So he's still learning his trade. And he learned so long in one system at Burnley, pick up the ball, just cross it in. Whereas now he's being asked to develop more as a proper winger that can, in this evolved style of football now, where he's cutting in, trying to do some dribbles and then have a shot, which hasn't been his game for so long. So I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially for just even just the season. Um and Gordon, yeah, let, let, Gordon. yeah, let's do it. Let, let's move on to Anthony Gordon now. What's your take on him? Because I, I'll, I'll, I'll say my piece in a moment, but I, I, my patience is wearing very, very thin with him at the moment, mate. So, what, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, uh, I think Gordon's an interesting character. I, I in the summer I said keep him because I did think there's bags of ability there and talent that you know is. It may not be showing at the moment, but 
it will come with time and giving him patience. Um, and I said it on a, another live stream on another channel uh, a couple of months ago, but I said it, uh, Anthony Gordon will be in the England team one day um, in the next three years or something. And I do believe that is a possibility. You know, he does, he shows these little elements of like flashes, of, flashes yeah. yeah, flashes of, of uh, actual potential and joy to watch. But his his ego, yes, it's 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 something there. It's like he's he's got to put his ego and his. I think the biggest one as well is his anger management under control. Six yellow cards in ten games is something to be really concerned about. He's just making, you know, I hate to say it, but he's making a tit of himself in the games. I think a lot of the time oh, yeah. now as well. Yeah. You, know, you look at that one last night. I think it was with, with, with Trippier um, at, with the potential penalty when he went down. He's just you mentioned ego there. I think you're spot on with that. I think. I think maybe the, the the word arrogance maybe a step too far, but that the I think the the price tag that got banded around and the sun has yeah. gone to his head massively. This taking the number yeah. ten shirt thing doesn't wash with me either. I think he's a very bang average footballer. I do. I, you know, I watched him last night. He's he's got no end product at all. He'll take the ball or run with the ball, but even when he runs with the ball, there was an instant last night where he just ran it out of play. In the, in the first, was it, yeah. it was in the second half. He, just got, he picked up the ball and runs it out of play. No, no, no. It was first half. First was it the half. first half? Yeah, and then he just, I think so, then, yeah. yeah, it was wasn't it. And then another another time as well. He just, I feel like he's so heavy with his touches when he when he runs with the ball as well. Like he knocks it too far ahead of him, and then he's just chasing chasing it. Then, and he's just, I know he scored a few goals earlier on the season away from home, but it's not even just last night. It's his, his performances at Goodison as well. He's been stinking the place out and he's not tracking back that mm-hmm. energy. You know, we mentioned it on the podcast last week, that energy, you know, when you saw him chasing balls down last season when he was running himself into the ground, that seems gone. And there was a player, you know, a lot of potential and there still might be. But at the moment, he, he's showing very little, isn't he? Mm. Uh, do you reckon it's something to do with this? If, I mean, obviously, like I've said, hypothetical here. Um, if... Chelsea never came in. If there was never any interest in him, do you reckon he'd be the player he is now or he'd be the player that was back then? I, I think back then. I think back then because before the Chelsea interest, which I think, if we're being honest, came to a lot of surprise to a lot of people that they were coming in mm. for him after not being on the scene for very long and the amount of money as well. I, I, I think a lot of it has gone to his head. And I know it's very easy to say and it's very cliche when young footballers get linked with big moves. But I just think last there just seems to be a, a sense of... At the moment, that he's untouchable a little bit as well, and there seems to be this this sort of character who who was playing for for like his local side, who was like the 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 boyhood prodigy. That seems to just have have gone, and that sort of element of his game doesn't seem to be apparent anymore. And that's the most frustrating thing. And you can see it in his body language as well. I feel, and you know, you touched on there his discipline record. He wasn't like that last season. I don't know. I don't know no. where that's come from either. You know, all this trying to act the big man in, in games and all this, and it. Fair enough if you're producing, but he's not. He's not doing anything. Like good at Goodison Park in the home games, he's anonymous. He's absolutely anonymous. And yeah, okay, I I, I agree with you. Maybe bring McNeil in for a string of games. You know, I think obviously he was missing for the Tottenham game through suspension. And you know, I think he just expects to just get into the side now, doesn't he? And I think yeah. that's that doesn't help his cause either. Um, so just talking about the team, you know, obviously we've got Crystal Palace next week and well, on Saturday. Do, do you anticipate there's going to be some changes now? Because I, I think there has to be. I think there's got to be. Um, I, I don't know whether you sort of make the radical changes because I do think that the actual team that went out again, like 
at Newcastle last night, maybe bar one or two, is our best side at the moment. And realistically, the defensive capabilities of it is what's made us so solid this season in terms of, I think it's, all right, maybe the last couple of games has taken it away. But at one point, we were the best team in, in like defensive record and being unbeaten in so long. But you look at the midfield, maybe, yeah, James Garner could come in. Um, maybe even give like Abdullah Decore a go because yes. he hasn't made an appearance yet for a little bit of time. Get him maybe in for Anana and Ghana Gay. Get those two just having a little bit of a rest. Maybe bring them on uh, in the second half or whatever. And then, like I say, McNeil. McNeil comes back in. And I would maybe try having um, Mopai on the other side, on the other wing, um, to just freshen it up a little bit because. Yeah. Mopai to me looks a bit like a a forward that relies on somebody else to knock the ball down for him. Yeah, a bit like uh, a bit outstretched here, but with Peter Crouch and Demain Defoe at Tottenham. Yeah, Crouch yeah. would be the one winning the ball. He'd bring it down, and then Defoe finishes it off with the touch. Because you you've seen Mopai has got the ability. Like he showed it against West Ham. Yeah, takes it with yeah. the ball when when the ball gets brought to him he can finish with great ability like he did. So you get Calvert-Lewin up front, stick him like as the main striker, but have Mopai just sort of sit, sitting off him. And if you're going to play the long ball, knock it over to Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin knocks it down and then hopefully it sets off Mopai. So would you argue maybe a change of formation then? Um, I would maybe look at Look at yeah, I, I'd look at just something different because takes. you know I think we've seen enough in the last few weeks to know that we aren't creating enough, we aren't creating enough, and we're not scoring enough. So is there is a change of formation the, the solution to just try something different? Yeah, I, I think you're looking because the problem is though with Palace, there's the way I think it would be to win against them is we need to be able to control the midfield and stop Zaha. Yeah. Stopping Zaha is going to be an interesting one, which I think we'd be coming on to. I think maybe we're looking at Mason Holgate to come in instead yeah, of Coleman. Yeah. Um, and then that that midfield is going to be interesting to see how he puts out because they'll probably have somebody like, um, I think it's Chitakore, Eze, Elise. Yeah. You, you need energy in our midfield to be able to compete with that because... Yeah. Uh, just as a Elise alone are bundles of ability and bundles of pace. So, um, yeah, that, that's I, a good shout. I mean, I'm not makes a whole game. That's, that's, that's a really good shout. To, like, defend us against Palace. I, I, I think I'd agree. Hard. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned they've got it, dangerous players in wide positions. Seamus Coleman, if he starts this game, it's going to be three games in a week. And I think we can all agree that it's probably is a big much, bit much for him. So to bring Mason Holgate into the side, I think is something that. Something that's a real possibility. Uh, would you maybe give Ruben Vanagre a go? Yeah, I would. I really? think so. Yeah, because a lot's been made of his, maybe not his, def- his defense play, but he's a bit more of an offensive player. Um, it could be an option, couldn't it? Because we just need to start switching up, don't we? Yeah. I think, you know, we, we mentioned there a potential yeah, change in formation. It's. Um, it, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we talk about energy and, you know, you associate the word energy with players like Amadou Onana and Adressa Ghana Gay. And that could be key to um to, to matching Palace, especially at Goodison Park. But, you know, the, the idea of playing Mopay alongside Calvert-Lewin could be something to look into. But either way, 
something just has to give, doesn't it? What so what for you? What, what is what is the solution? I'm, I'm, and I'm not don't mean to put you on the spot here as I'm like a manager, but what is the solution with this with this current crop of players? How do you get the best out of them to start? Not even just just putting the ball in the net, just creating chances. I'm so sorry. You might have to repeat all that because my connection off. I completely lost you there. Oh, it's all right, mate. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're not live or nothing. Just let me know when you can hear me and everything again. Yeah. Uh, sorry about this, mate. Yeah, no problem, mate. Don't worry. It's all right. We're not live. Don't worry. It'll just edit it all out. Don't worry about it. Just let me know when you can hear and see me again. Fine. No problem. I might. I think I'm just going to have to connect it to my phone because this is ridiculous. I, yeah, no problem. I'm not yeah. going to join any live streams or anything just because my... The Wi-Fi we've got has been absolutely atrocious. Somebody, mate. You're all right. Yes, whatever works. One second. Just let me know if you need me to send you another um, link invites. No problem at all. Coming through now? Yeah, yeah, you come through fine, mate. Yeah, you're all right. All right, sounds. Yeah, so yeah, we'll just we'll just pick that. up where we left off. No problem. It'll just, it'll just edit it out. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, obviously we ex- we right. anticipate changes to get the best out of these players, but you know you, you talk about energy there about some you know, dangerous players Palace have and they are a very energetic side. And, you know, we've got players like Adrissa Garnagay, Amadou Onana, um, Alex Awobi, players who you do associate with a lot of energy. So in that sense, it is maybe hard to argue to take them out the side. But we, we just have to start mixing it up in some kind of way to be able to carve out chances. So what would that be for you? Would that be a 4-4-2 maybe playing Malpai off Calvert-Lewin? Um Anthony Gordon for me needs dropping, as we've already established. Um, but you know, some something. How does Lampard mix it up? How can you see him approaching this game? Do you think he'll stick or twist? Uh, I think it's you stick with the back four because I think under a back three, we're so far under pressure and we can't deal with it. You've got changing maybe a midfield for. I'd say Garner Gay out. I, would, I think I think I'd say Garner Gay out. You know, I think for his age and three games in a week, you know, I know he's not old, old, but I just think maybe he just needs some time. Or maybe even I'm gonna do Onana actually. Maybe even Onana. Yeah, I, I think maybe even both of them. Get mm-hmm. both of them out in terms of get James Garner in. Um Decore, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Decore, maybe mm-hmm. sticking it. But I don't know whether in terms of like actual defensive midfielder that will sit in front of the back four. Because then you're left with Alex Iwobi, who is more, I suppose, offensive. Mm. I I don't know whether it will be um, James Garner will be sitting in front of the back four, because I I don't actually really know how... I think James Garner will start Saturday. I think James Garner will start Saturday. Yeah. Oh, no, he definitely, definitely needs to start, especially these um, small cameos he's done. Uh, Mm. I've been very impressed. And then I think I would stick... I would stick with it being a 4-3-3. However, the personnel definitely needs a refresh just purely because it's gone stale, really stale. Yeah, they're just blunt, aren't they, at the moment, up, up front. They're just so blunt, you know. We're taking, we're taking knives to gunfights. We're taking wooden knives to gunfights. It's just not... There's just nothing... You know, I, I went the game last night and I just I just looked at it and it was just... 
you look at some of them players and there was just nothing about them at all. And mm. and it, it's frustrating to say because there was a lot of optimism and there's a lot of positivity. And I think for a lot of people, there still is. There still is, I suppose. A lot of people are still invested in what the manager's trying to do. But the, last night was quite telling, actually. They just seemed so, you know, devoid of ideas or any sort of plan to break that, that Newcastle side down. There was just nothing there at all, which was really worrying for me. Now, we I think the big, if I can just interject for a yeah, second yeah. there with that, um, Newcastle, I found, I don't know if you noticed this at any point, but when Iwobi picked up the ball, every single player sort of like near it, whether it be like Gordon or, or Gray or Calvert-Lewin or any of the other two midfielders, they'd all sort of drop away. And it's like, yeah, it was the same when Calvert-Lewin would pick up the ball on his own. Yeah, I said it to somebody last night, it was... They're expecting Iwobi to be able to dribble past 100 players and Calvert-Lewin to be able to out-muscle out 10 defenders. And it's like, Yeah, it's not happening, is it? You, you're leaving it to one person to be able to do that so that you keep everybody defensively back. Yeah. So I don't know then, is that is that on Lampard? Is that on the players not being optimistic enough to... Because, I mean, my Sunday, I, Sunday league coach has said, it doesn't matter if you lose the ball up in midfield, like in the forward positions. If you're going and attacking, you're losing the ball then it's like, fair enough, at least you're having a go. But if you're going to lose the ball just by passing it back and just messing around with it, it's it's just not going to work. You may as well try and be creative and a bit more optimistic. That's it. You know, if you you, you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the, win the raffle, as the old phrase goes, you know yeah. what I mean? There just seems to be no elements of risk with this side at all. There just seems to be no, just nothing. And that's the most frustrating thing. You can't see where the goals come from. We could, we could still be playing now. From last night, and we still wouldn't have scored. We'd still be passing it around the back, and you know, there just seems to be so little pace in that side as well at the moment. You know, the way we try and get forward, and it's so sluggish, and it's just so, so like reserved, and just pass it back, and then it just gets lumped forward, and you know, play. It's just so easy. I think like teams must love playing against us because we're just not causing them no problems at all. And I know we go back to Goodison Park on Saturday, which I think is very much needed after two really tough fixtures away from home. And, you know, you, you can count United in that as well because they're still obviously a very good side. But it's three losses on the spin now. Uh, that feel-good factor of the seven games unbeaten, best defensive record in the league, that seems to be well and truly um, a distant memory at the moment. Um, if we lose Saturday, which I don't think we will, uh, it's I don't want to say squeaky bum time, but we do need to start getting some points in before the World Cup, don't we? We've got what have we got? We've got mm. Crystal Palace, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth in the league before the World well Cup. Yeah. How many points? How many points do you anticipate us getting? And um, well, we need them. I, I think we need twelve personally, but I, it's easy said than done, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think twelve is obviously the the best result possible that we need, um, but. I would happily accept ten because I've looked at, I've looked at it like like you have, and I've put Palace down. I think it's going to be a win, but I think the biggest worry I've got there with them is that they are now uh, three games unbeaten, yeah. and uh, the Wolves game I think was the last one. It was a day or two ago, and yes. they came back from a goal down. So yes, they've, they've got, got that they've got characters, yeah. Um, in terms, and especially with what Vieira is doing there at the moment, they've can do nothing but applaud them. Mm. Fulham, I put down as a draw because I think that they're not the Fulham of a couple of seasons ago. They were pushovers. Yeah, it'll be a tricky, are, tricky game. That tricky. Yeah, game. they're 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 here to try and fight for their place and stay. Mm. Leicester, Leicester, I put as a win 
purely because I think what what's going on there with Rogers is something that we've got to capitalise on. And then if we don't win against them, that's when I'm st- going to start maybe getting a bit worried about yeah. how this team's going to play. But it's it's almost like we have a mini. I look at this now as like a little mini season now between now yeah. and, the, and the World Cup. You know, we've got four games there, which on paper you expect us to win. Having said that, the flip side of that, I do feel that those teams will be looking at us, at Everton, thinking that they can come and get a result. And why wouldn't they? We've lost three yeah. games on the bounce. We've had something stupid like, like one shot on target in, in two in two games. or No, one shot on target in three games, whatever that stupid stat is. Um, so they will be looking at us, thinking that they can come and get a result. And they'll be confident they can as well. We're in a bad place at the moment. We know that. But Saturday has to be an opportunity to start getting back to winning ways and turning things around between now and the World Cup. We can then take that confidence to Fulham, which again will be tough. Leicester City under the lights. I'd expect us to, I'd expect us to win that game. And then you've got Bournemouth, and that'll be a really tough game as well. But thing we do, the bottom line is is that we just need to start turning this around. We can't afford to get beat Saturday, can we? Really can't. Because then I feel like it might start turning just a bit sour. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, I think it's it's different from last season in terms of, like you say, the acidity and the toxicity from last season just really bombed out the place. Yeah, I think everybody, I wouldn't say everybody backs Lampard because there are no. some that yeah. never backed him, which is fair enough. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, yeah. But a lot of them are still backing him in the sense that a lot of this, it's still not his team. And until he gets a full team of players that are his, yeah. you can't really judge him until then because we're still... And I think with the two players he brought in at centre-back, it's shown like how yeah. how much better we are defensively organised with those two at the back. Yeah. Um, and it'll be... Uh, yeah, I, I'll be worried if it gets to like eight games uh, without a win or anything yeah. like that. Um, you know, if we're going into this World Cup period with no win, that's when I'm I'm going to start being a bit like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe time to start like worrying in terms of yeah, not sacking the manager, not doing anything like that, but Lampard sort of needs to pull his finger out and say, I agree, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like you know a lot of that feel good factor has gone. I think that's quite that's plain to see. I mean, any club would after three losses on the spin. We've lost to three sides, which are bet are better than us. Let's have it right. I think they are better than us. Um, but now it's it, it's now it's time for them to earn the money now, definitely. And Lampard, yeah. especially, I think we do need to start picking up points now because that league table from looking <laughs> from when we went one 0 up against Manchester United to be sat in seventh for like five minutes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but now the league table's looking very not not scary. great at the moment it is yeah it is looking scary you look at those points I think we're just a point above the relegation zone at the moment and we could quite easily slip into that um, the next time we sit down to have one of these chats so it's something to be wary of but I'll go back to that point I made how you know we're looking at a mini sort of season now between now and the World Cup it's four games which Everton are more than capable of winning but they've just got to switch it up we've got to do something we have to bring something else to the table now because there's just no goals and there's just no attacking impetus at the moment and that has to change whether that's taking some more risks whether that's swapping the the style of play, the formation, the personnel, whatever it may be, it's very clear something needs to change because that last night was it was unacceptable. I don't see how we can not challenge their keeper at all. That just makes no sense to me with these, some of these players. But there you go. Hopefully we can pick up a win and get our season back on track after a really, really difficult run of three games, which saw three back-to-back, well, back-to-back, three on the bounce. So 
yeah, it's difficult, but we move on. We try and stay as positive as we can, but we have to be wary that that, that can't be acceptable, can it? Um, so there we go. We'll, we'll leave it there. We're just running out of time. Um, so, Edward, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with us, mate. Um, I hope you've enjoyed um, be be sure to subscribe to the Toffee Blues if you haven't done so already and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast as well these come out every week and yeah there will be a version going out on YouTube too so be sure to like comment subscribe and leave a comment and we shall speak to you next time on the podcast big thanks to Edward again for jumping on and we shall see you next time cheers everyone up the toffees up the toffees <laughs> as hard as it may be <laughs> <laughs>